This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. On February 6, 1840, an important document was signed at Waitangi, known as Te Tiriti o Waitangi. This document was a covenant between the many hapu of Aotearoa and the British Crown. It acknowledged the ongoing authority of hapu to govern themselves, tino rangatiratanga, and created a new form of governance, kawanatanga, that granted the Crown the right to govern non-Māori. Te Tiriti provides a framework for peaceful coexistence in a rapidly changing world. The story that had led up to this day was one of intrepid journeys, violence, drama and possibility. While there were instances of respectful cultural exchange and friendship, the assumption of superiority by European colonisers led to actions that created misunderstandings and mamai hurt that, for many, continue to this day. These episodes played out featuring a diverse cast of characters whose actions shaped our present day and will continue to reverberate into our future. In response to Te Whakamaninga, also known as Confederation of Chiefs, request for help in dealing with the lawless Europeans living in Aotearoa in the early 1830s, King William IV appointed a British resident, James Busby. His role was to represent British authority in New Zealand by protecting English traders and settlers, preventing offences against Māori, punishing lawbreakers and apprehending escaped convicts. Busby was further instructed to assist Māori in developing a settled form of government and court system through which crimes might be tried and punished, which he envisaged being the same format as the British. At that time, the British regarded their systems of law and government as being superior to all others. Rangatera regularly met with Busby to discuss issues relating to their international identity and trade, and for dealing with problems resulting from Pākehā lawlessness. Busby endeavoured to establish some form of settled governance, believing that if Māori would come together regularly and formally at a national level, it would put an end to the intertribal warfare and provide stability. His strategy was to try to work through the chiefs, just as you would work through the highest levels of society in England. However, this was always to be a challenge for him, as it was not the way the hapu and rangatera operated. The rangatera was considered to be the embodiment of the mana of the hapu, and therefore whatever he or she did affected the whole group. Because of this, as a leader, the rangatera would usually make decisions in consensus with his or her people. In addition to this, while a rangatera would have great influence over his or her own hapu, this may not extend necessarily to the whole iwi. To get the support of an entire iwi required a process of discussion and compromise with all of the people, a process that Busby was not familiar with in his English upbringing. Over the next few years, Busby pressed on to establish a home for his family in Waitangi. Because of the cultural differences, he found his relationship with local Māori was unpredictable. Often unaware he had reached tikanga, he found himself subject to muru, 
a type of ritual compensation, which could have resulted in a raid or loss of positions. Another concept that was vastly different between the cultures was that of the ownership of land. Europeans viewed ownership as being on an individual basis and implied that owners could do whatever they liked with the land. For Māori, land was held collectively and at their discretion they could allocate land to be used by others with conditions attached, a practice known as tuku whenua. Despite these significant differences and regular mistakes, disputes and misunderstandings, Māori continued to respond to the needs of newcomers as they were able. Mm.